I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for another edition of Silver and Black Today here on The Bet in Las Vegas. If you're listening to us on the radio and always as an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders turn the page. They're in Los Angeles, of course, have been practicing against the Rams this week. They will gear up to face the Rams at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern on Saturday at SoFi Stadium for their second contest of the preseason. Hi, I'm your host, Scott Branson, along with my partner. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. His name is Mr. Mo Moten. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. Okay, Mo, we start looking ahead, but some news in Raider Nation. Of course, uh, we heard the the terrible news for the young man on Tuesday, and that was Brandon Parker, who was injured last week in the practices, the joint practices with the San Francisco 49ers, is uh, going to miss another season. The same thing happened to him last season. Brandon Parker was slated to be a reserve offensive lineman. And the Raiders now find themselves uh, a lineman down, which in the NFL, when it comes to attrition, you can never have too many of anything. And so uh, I did a blitz yesterday here on the podcast feed about his loss and how people might poo-poo it a little bit and say, hey, you know, okay, yeah, Brandon Parker, he wasn't very good anyway. But in reality, anytime you lose guys up front, Mo, it's a big deal. Now they're going to have to go out and figure out what they do to possibly replace him. Somebody's got to come in, learn the playbook, unless they come from the New England tree or something like that. But uh, it's unfortunate for the young guy, Brandon Parker. He doesn't get an opportunity for another year to maybe perhaps improve and try to get some playing time and give the Raiders some of that depth they so desperately need. The Raiders apparently see something in Brandon Parker that we don't. Because I... I Mm -hmm. I honestly didn't have him making the roster anyway. To be honest with you, I did not. I did not envision him making the fifty-man simply because Justin Heron got most of the snaps at left tackle in that preseason game. He's a former Patriot, so he has an inroads with this coaching staff. And there's been a lot of buzz about there Mumford pushing Jermaine Illuminar. So if he's pushing Jermaine Illuminar for the right tackle job, at worst he's going to be the backup swing guy. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So to me, Brandon Parker was fighting for the fourth, fifth spot. Dalton Wagner, the undrafted rookie, had a pretty good outing against the 49ers. So maybe that's his immediate replacement there. But tough break for Brandon Parker, as you said, two years in a row, getting injured, going on IR before the season even starts. Who knows where his career goes from here, but you hope that he heals up and maybe continues somewhere else. Yeah, and it's it's and I think the point is, you know, when when guys go down on a team, to your point, maybe he would have made the roster, maybe he wouldn't have. The the Raiders signed him to a one year was one year deal was not any kind of risk from a financial standpoint for them to do that because he's easily uh, discarded, if you will. Um, but that disruption, you know, you get to get when you just like when you work somewhere, I always talk, I always try to bring it back to everybody's daily life, right? That listens to the show. And that is, you know, you, you work with people, Mo, you work with a staff of writers and editors over at Bleacher Report and at Sports Not, and you get to know those guys, right? And you get into rhythm. Yeah. People come and go all the time. That's part, that's natural part of business, of work, of life. But at the same time, you start to develop that cohesive uh, group. I mean, even you and I doing this show together. It's why I always tell you off the air, I don't think I would ever do the show anymore if, if you couldn't do it. Because it's just gotten to the point where it's like, I like the rhythm. I like this. Uh, and it doesn't mean that you can't go on and do other things. But it does disrupt a team a little bit more than people believe. Yeah. And I think uh, when you we're not at practice, so we don't see this. But some offensive linemen develop a relationship with other offensive linemen based on who they play with. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're the left tackle, you're you may be used to playing with a certain left guard. If you're if you're a right guard, maybe you're used to playing with a certain right tackle. I think Jermaine Illuminar uh, talked about this. One of the off- I think it was Jermaine Illuminar talked about this being able to develop a relationship or rapport with a guy that's playing right next to you. So I think that part of it is important. But as as Joshua Daniel said. These offensive linemen, they have to get used to playing with different guys, different combinations, because there's a very, very, very slim chance that your offensive linemen are going to be healthy for the entire season. So guys have to be ready to fill in in certain spots, not just play one position. You have to be comfortable with playing not with just one guy, but two, three, four other guys on that offensive line. No question. And the Raiders now, they uh, move into this weekend coming up, uh, of course, practices with the Rams again uh, today and going into Saturday. But you look at this game, we saw with the Raiders, we've already exhausted or talked a lot about the conversation and, and Mo was on assignment, so he couldn't be with Vinny on Tuesday. But in talking about it, uh, you know, the one thing that sticks out is you can look at individual performances. Of course, we're talking later in the show, by the way, to to Tom Deanhart from from um, goldenblack.com who covered Aiden O'Connell in college. So we're going to give Aiden O'Connell some more coverage here to talk about his development, who he is, but not to get too caught in the stats just yet. They're definitely uh, they're definitely a guide for us to see where some of these guys might be against competition. But it's interesting because as Raiders, as the Raiders came out of Saturday's win, it's a real interesting duality about the preseason, Mo, right? Which is people, oh, what's the big deal? They're playing against second start. They're not playing against starters. They're playing against second, third string. But had the Raiders lost and gotten beat 34 to 7, what would people be saying? They'd be saying, oh, gosh, it's going to be a long year. So, so yes, you can't wait it too much either way when you win or lose in the preseason. But as Vinny and I discussed on Tuesday, Mo, uh, the fashion in which they are playing, the, 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 the discipline which you're starting to see doesn't mean they always succeed. 
But I saw during that game is what I want to see again. I want to see it repeat against the Rams, which is no stupid mistakes. Seeing a defense that's swarming defense doesn't always mean you'll win the battles. And of course, on the offense, continuing to execute. And you'd like to see the run game, uh, even though you and I disagreed on our uh, excitement over Zamir White. uh, You want to see the running game get better. You want to see them do a little more than they've done. But overall, Mo, the, 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 the culture and, and installing that culture in Vegas with this team seems to be taking hold. Doesn't mean they're going to win 12 games. It just means, though, you can kind of see that on the, on, the, on the field. Am I wrong on that? Did you see it as well? It's funny because on my first Silver and Black Blitz, I talked about the, the theme of the episode is basically what do I want to see more of? What does Mo want to see more of in the second preseason game? And, and, and to your point is... Yes, it is just preseason, but you want to see the consistency because eventually you're going to see right. results, right? I, I compare exactly. this to I compare this to a person who's trying to lose weight, right? But actually, I won't go there since I'm I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I, at one point in my life, I was trying to gain weight, right? Mm. I was maybe 140 pounds coming out of college, and I was like, man, I gotta, I want to be about 160, 165. So I start eating whole pizzas and pasta <laughs> every day, cheesecake. I'm, it's all types of carbs. I'm loaded up on carbs and protein, and I'm barely seeing any results. And I'm like, this is not working. You know, this is just not working. I start, so I start loading up on protein shakes. But over time, it took repetition and consistency. I saw some progress. And that, you know, now I'm about, you know, I'm at a good weight now, I'll say that. <laughs> but, my point is, but my point is that for the fans saying that, yes, we went 4-0, the Rays went 4-0 in the preseason last year, what's different this year if they win all these games and show good performances is no different. We can still go 6-11. and Yes, that is true. But sometimes results don't always come right away. Sometimes it takes time. It's my point about gaining weight or losing weight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you start a routine and it doesn't show right away. It takes some time. So for the Raiders, just understand that Second year under Josh McDaniels and his coaching staff, it could take some time. It could take two years for the results to start to show in the regular season. Right. And that's where I I said, if you go back to the summer, we were talking about expectations for this team. And, And yes, the expectation of a man making millions of dollars to coach a team is you win. Right. But we also talked about since they had to go backward and kind of rebuild a little bit on this roster, that you have to start to look for progression. To your point, in your blitz from yesterday afternoon, you said it perfectly about consistency, right? You want to see consistency. Consistency does not mean to the point you just made with the weight loss or weight gain. For me, it's the previous weight loss. I need to do some more of that. But um, when you look at that, you want to see the consistency. Are they consistently executing plays, for example? If they are and the results aren't good, you could still say, hey, look, they're doing it the right way. It just hasn't broken yet. Or in the case of the running back, let's say Zamir White is what he is and he's just a good backup running back, a change of pace guy. Then you say, okay, if Josh Jacobs decides to hold out and you have Zamir White and they're executing the plays and you just don't have the talent there, then you know what to do next time. You know you need to go get a running back, for example. So to me, that's where I think as a fan, it's very difficult and I know we do it from an objective standpoint. But as a fan, you get emotional. You want your team to win always. But that's why I'm telling fans this year, look for that. So if you have a position like linebacker, they're not great at linebacker. We all know that. But if you see linebackers that are out there today and they're doing what they're supposed to be and they're being where they're supposed to be and they get beat, 
okay, that's a talent issue, but at least they're executing. And so that game inside the game to me is going to be fascinating to watch for the remainder of this preseason. The one point I want to make about is just preseason for those people who are saying that. Well, it was just preseason for Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, and those yeah. guys didn't look nearly as impressive against backups as Aiden O'Connell did. Yeah. So on an even playing field, while you could say it's, it's just backups, it's just second, third stringers, well, his peers had the same competition, and they didn't play as well as he did. So you got to give him credit for that. I believe Pro Football Focus graded Aiden O'Connell the best rookie uh of the week one of the preseason now you know pro football focus or any type of analytical grades are subjective there mm -hmm. but it goes to show that his his performance is getting recognized and he was one of the top performers if not the top performer outside of maybe dorian thompson robinson the cleveland browns in that hall of fame game top top rookie performer so you can't take anything away from him and you saw a lot of as you said you saw a lot of good things so you just want to see that consistency from a rookie Right. And, and as Mo, uh, excuse me, as uh, Vinny told us on Tuesday, Mo, he wasn't surprised by it because he said he's been seeing it in practice. And I know sometimes we even can be critical of guys like Vinny and other reporters are out there, t you know, talking about, oh, this player's on fire during training camp when it's only training camp. But, you know, these are guys who've watched the NFL for a long time. So if they come out and they say, hey, look, he's having a good camp. He looks really good. That doesn't mean he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. That doesn't mean he's the next incarnation of Tom Brady. That does not mean he's going to be a Hall of Famer. What it does mean, though, is he play, he's been playing well. Somebody asked me yesterday, or excuse me, on Tuesday during our YouTube show, uh, if he, he had done it against number ones. And in camp, he has. So that's where people understand that when you're in practice, they roll Aiden O'Connell out there. And yes, Max Crosby's across the line and Marcus Peters back there. And so is Nate Hobbs. Those guys are all playing with the, the units mix and they play together because they want to see. They want to see what they have in that quarterback. And again, we're going to talk to Tom Deanhart here after the break um, from uh, goldenblack.com who covered Aiden in college. But it's a good story. And it's really interesting because from a fan perspective, Mo, I think... You know, Raider fans are so used to negative coverage, so they get this good coverage and it almost makes them feel uncomfortable because you got Baldy doing a breakdown of Aiden O'Connell. You got QB school doing a breakdown of Aiden O'Connell. And people are like, do you mean the guy we took in the fourth round? Big deal. Like, And, and people get nervous about it. But it, it doesn't mean he's going to be even a starting quarterback in the NFL. It just means he's off to a good start. Right. What I will say, too, is that I think some Raider fans are used to things not panning out. They're used, to, they're used to it looking good at certain parts, and then it just, just doesn't pan out the way they think it is. So I think there's some cautious optimism there, and rightfully so, because they've seen a lot of bad things happen with their draft picks. So they're just kind of holding their breath, like, let just well, we'll just wait and see. A lot of rare fans are just, let's wait and see, folks, and that's fine. But what I want to say, too, is that with Aiden O'Connell, we you know I was critical of the pick because of his lack of mobility, there were some interceptions that I'll talk about with, with, with Ian Hart today that we'll, we'll go through and get his insight on. But the fact that he was able to kind of not, not quell those concerns, but he had two quarterback sneaks for first downs. And I said this <laughs> on the Silver and Black Blitz that while he, he has some self-awareness. So on that on, on, on the incompletion when he threw the ball away, it seems like a routine play, right? Nobody cares. But if he pumped fake to get the defender to jump so he can throw the ball away, a lot of rookies take a sack there and a big loss. 
he's self-aware that he understands he's not a very mobile quarterback. He's not going to outrun a defender. So he has to be more crafty than a, than a, a more dynamic quarterback like Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young, who can just probably evade a guy, juke and jive, kind of move out of the way. But Aiden O'Connell says, no, I, I understand. I'm not a mobile guy, so I have to be crafty. Pump fakes, gets the guy to jump. You avoid a big loss. You throw the ball the way you live to play another down. So I think that's part of the neck of qualities that Dave Ziggler was talking about that Aiden O'Connell has. He has the awareness, he has the smarts, and he has the poise to play the position. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some of the things, too, because I went through 12 different scouting reports in preparation for the show about Aiden O'Connell. You mentioned some of the downsides, the upsides, but some of the nuggets that I pulled out, when you read them, you're like, yeah, Josh McDaniels, that system, Josh McDaniels, that system. So really interesting stuff. And, and, and when Tom Deanhart comes up next, we'll be able to talk about that. All right, we're going to step aside for a break. When we come back here on Silver and Black today, that's we're going to be joined by Tom Deanhart. He's a longtime Big Ten reporter, editor now at goldenblack.com. You may have seen him on Big Ten TV. He's going to give us the whole story around Aiden O'Connell here on Silver and Black today. You're with Mo. You're with Scott after I take a swallow and uh, we'll be back right after this break. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard on The Bet in Las Vegas. Thank you for being back with us. Uh, Mo Moten, Scott Cobranson with you, and we're joined by a special guest to talk a little bit about Aiden O'Connell, Tom Deanhart, editor-writer over at goldandblack.com. Probably familiar if you ever watch the Big Ten Network. You'll see him on there a lot. He's covered the conference for a long time as well as uh, Purdue. Tom, thanks for being with us here today, talking a little bit about Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I tell you what, I got a chance to re, you know watch some of that game. Um, 
on the weekend against the 49ers. He sure did have a fabulous debut, and uh, he's created some ripples nationwide, it looks like, with his performance. Yeah, he sure has, and that's that's why we wanted to get in touch with you and talk to you, because having watched him, I mean, here's a kid, one of six children, coming up, hardworking family. He gets to Purdue, sits out two seasons, then he misses most of the next season because of a season-ending injury, and then has this two-year starting run that he goes on and plays really, really well. Talk about getting to know him a little bit as a player there and and what kind of guy he was and why he was able to persevere through so much of those challenges. I tell you what, um, the best way I can describe Aiden O'Connell is he's the kind of guy you'd want your daughter to marry. (laughs) (laughs) He's the the genuine deal. And um, his story is really almost straight from Hollywood and it's still being authored as we speak. Uh, Who knows where this is going to end, but you know, was a walk-on. His only offer out of high school, he's from suburban Chicago. His only offer out of high school was to a, a Division three school called Wheaton. Walked on at Purdue in 2017. Was just a face in the crowd for a couple of years. And then, yeah, just sort of persevered. And uh, and uh, I think, you know, he got on the field in 2019 due to a series of injuries. A couple, couple guys got hurt. One guy quit the team. And suddenly O'Connell was the starting quarterback, and he impressed. Then he got hurt. And then it was the start of the next year, had another injury. And the last two years, of course, was was uh, a cut above, as they say. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, a guy who wasn't on social media for most of his Purdue career just didn't think that was a good place for him to be. That, that tells you something about Aiden O'Connell right there as well. And got married before the start of last year to a Purdue volleyball player. So he's mature for his, for his age and uh, a guy who, who always seemed like he had a real good head on his shoulders and, He's never been given anything. He's worked hard, and, 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 and I think he's more talent, talent than people really realize. So, Tom, you, you talk about his maturity, and I think one of the things that Dave Ziegler, the Raiders GM, mentions is that he has the neck-up quality. So a lot of people focus on the physical. Can he move? Can he throw the football down the field? How does he process information in the pocket? But would you say this is one of the more the most – uh, mature collegiate prospects you've covered in your time, and how is that reflected in his play at Purdue? Yeah, very mature. And um, I tell you what, it's so funny every year the NFL gets caught up in the same measurable stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Guy can throw the ball 70 yards, or if he can do a backflip, <laughs> or, or run a 4 5 40. None of that stuff matters at all. The only things that matter are your ability to read defenses, make quick decisions make the right decisions, be accurate. And last, you got to be tough to stand in the pocket and let things develop. Those are what make quarterbacks great. Aiden O'Connell, he's nimble enough to buy time in the pocket. Um, and I tell you what, um, he had to overcome some personal adversity too late last year. Late in the year, he had a brother who tragically died. Hmm. Almost didn't put, you know, he thought about just stepping away from the team for a while. And it was a pretty emotional time for him and his family. And he had another hurdle he had to sort of declare it through. So, again, this is a guy who's never been handed anything. He wasn't a five-star recruit. He never had a sense of entitlement. And that continues in the NFL. No sense of entitlement, a fourth-round draft choice with no expectations from anybody. And uh, he's got a quiet resolve about him. And it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do here 
with his career. Well, we talk about the, the, the his ability from the neck up, right, of, of processing, smart kid, good kid. Um, and, and that ability to process at a quick rate, obviously, we saw that in this first season game, preseason game with the Raiders. Uh, but when you look at what he excels most at from a physical standpoint, what did you see over the two years of him starting at Purdue uh, that made you think, well, maybe this kid could, could make it to the next level because he's able to execute so well? Again, I think number one is his accuracy. I think he's a pretty pinpoint passer. He's going to try to put the ball into tight windows, and sometimes he's going to throw interceptions. He threw he threw a fair amount of them at Purdue, <clears throat> but he's going to try to thread the needle sometimes, maybe sometimes to his detriment. And I think that ability to make a make 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 not just a quick decision, but the right decision, and uh, he he can throw most passes. So again, I think really that his ability to be accurate. And his ability to make the, the quick decision and usually the right decision um, are, are a couple of things that really stood out for me. Physically, guys, you know, he's a, he's a legit 6'3". Mm. Kind of as a dad, he kind of has a dad body. He's not going <laughs> to walk through the door. He's not going to press you with a 46-inch chest or anything. But um, he's just an unassuming guy, very soft-spoken. Like I said, he's already married and, uh, and, and a good guy who uh, he's going to take whatever life gives him. You know, this, this isn't going to be the, what defines Aiden O'Connell. Uh, you got to think his life's got so much more even beyond football here. Hmm. So, Tom, you talked about those interceptions. I believe he had an interception in seven straight games, one touchdown, five interceptions between matchups with Wisconsin and Iowa. But then he finishes the season strong. As you said, he had a tragedy with his brother, but then he comes back, Mm -hmm. beats Iowa, and gets Purdue to the uh, Big Ten Championship. They win the Big Ten West title. So just – Kind of talk about that game, he, him coming back from that from that tragedy with his brother and playing against Indiana and then winning, playing well. Yeah. I read that he basically was on the sideline crying in the towel at the end of that game. Just take yeah. us back to that moment and his resiliency in that in that situation. Yeah, you know, nobody really knew the the, the, the real details of what had gone on. It, just the fact that Aiden may not be playing in that game, that season finale last year at Indiana. And, um, yeah, I think the, the TV broadcasters – you know, caught some glimpses of Aiden on the sideline. And, and after the game or a day or so later, more of the story started to come out of what he actually had to walk through. So um, that was a big game for the program. And to walk out there on the road against a rival with a, with a high-stakes game and for him to play uh, and also just play well, too, um, I guess shows you a lot, too, and had to be uh, had to be tremendously difficult for him as well. So, yeah, just another, I guess, chapter in a – and the Aiden O'Connell story, at least at Purdue and West Lafayette, that that's been remarkable. I think guys should really land him a spot and produce kind of famed cradle of quarterbacks. You know, they got a history here going back to Lynn Dawson and Bob Greasy and Mike Phipps and Jim Everett and Mark Herman, you know, Drew Brees, uh, a lot of great quarterbacks have matriculated through West Lafayette. And I think I think Aiden O'Connell deserves the same shoulder to shoulder with a lot of the greats that I just that I just mentioned. Wow. That's that's strong words. And you've seen it all, Tom, I know. And that's the one thing, too. You, you, I went through all the scouting reports. And like you said, they're NFL scouting reports. And there's so many examples of guys who, you know, they talk about in his scouting reports, the lack of a high powered arm, um, not yeah. pushing the, the football downfield. But when you look at Josh McDaniels and him coming out of the Bill Belichick uh, tree and the fact that he coached there, 
that's not a that's not a downer for them. That's what they look for. They look for people who are system quarterbacks who can don't yeah. want to extend plays out of the structure. Um, I think that's why I under I underestimated Aiden O'Connell. I'm the first one to admit it. But seeing him run in that system, he may have found exactly the right place he needs to be. Maybe you think? Yeah, that's what life's all about. Fit, correct? And, right. Um, and that certainly is a fit, like you just articulated so well, that Josh McDaniels slash Patriots offensive system with the physical skills of a guy like Aiden O'Connell. Um, again, Aiden O'Connell is not going to be a, a star at the combine in shorts and in a tank top <laughs> on a 40-yard dashes and doing bench presses and whatnot. Um, and you're right, Aiden O'Connell is not going to have – he doesn't have a can of earlier. I think a lot of those things – those wow, wow factors. They're nice to have. It's like power windows on a car. You really don't need to have power windows on a car. <laughs> um, just again, he, he, my, my point is he can do everything well enough to be an effective NFL quarterback. He, he can make most every throw. And uh, I think we saw a little, little, little glimpse of that. I know we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves and, and crown the guy some all-time great already. It's only been one half of a football game, but yeah. It's a nice start, and I think he kind of gave people a glimpse of what he's about. I think there's something there to work with, and who knows? You guys know that team better than I do out there, but you know, Garoppolo and Hoyer, I guess, have had injury issues during their career, and it's got to give the head coach, McDaniels, a little bit of a, of a relief to know, hey, you know what? We have a guy here. If something happens, he has to play. Maybe uh, we're not going to fall apart. And again, this is a guy who's 23 or 24 years old already, too, mm -hmm. so like I said, uh, it'll be fun, too. Real quick, too, and as far as the draft goes on, I don't think anybody envisioned him going in the fourth round. I didn't. I thought he'd be a sixth or seventh round choice. So McDaniels obviously saw something, grabbed him earlier than, than I think a lot of people thought he was going to go. Yeah, and real quick, I know Mo's got a question for you, but I want to just build on that last point you made because we were talking to Vinny Bonsignor a couple days ago, who's the beat writer out at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and he said that he had it on good authority from from sources that, that the 49ers were actually interested. Kyle Shanahan loved Aiden O'Connell. Uh, and so they were concerned that they may take Aiden O'Connell before they had a chance to as well. So that's how that NFL draft sometimes breaks down. Mo's got one last question for you, Tom. <laughs> so, yep. so, Tom, you talked about the the draft and the broadcast, and listening to it, they were there were some analysts that were critical of of Aiden O'Connell, saying that his last year wasn't as good as 2021. And I think that it's unfair, or it just needs some context because he did lose David Bell to the NFL draft. Milton Wright was, I believe, ineligible because of academic reasons. And then he had a he had Charlie Jones, who was a graduate transfer. I believe you were the first to report that news that Charlie Jones is coming to Purdue. So he had a different uh, he had a different supporting cast around him. And of course, interception, sometimes you have to look at it as it's not always the quarterback's fault. Sometimes the wide receivers don't come down with the football. Sometimes the ball bounces off of their hands. Just give your your context and your analysis mm -hmm. of what Aaron O'Connell was in 2021 versus 2022. Yeah, you're right. His his, his 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 supporting cast may have been a little bit better in 2021. Um, yeah, you're right about Milton Wright. He was an academic casualty. Uh, Bell was off the NFL. Charlie Jones was a highly effective receiver last year, though. Make no mistake about it. One of the best in the Big Ten. First team All Big Ten. And they had an NFL tight end, too, in Payne Durham, who was picked by the Buccaneers in, I think, the fifth round this year. Um, mm -hmm. So he had, he, had some, he had some guys to throw to, but... Um, if, if there was a fall off from 21 to 22, I don't think it was a precipitous fall off at all. Maybe a slight um, drop up. The one thing that 
kind of tells you a lot about a, a team and a, and a leader is, is, is winning on the road, close games on the road. And Purdue is able to pull out some close games on the road, sometimes against ranked teams, going into a place like Maryland, which is good when they beat them. You know, they won over at Illinois. They won up at a tough environment in Minnesota, too. So um, I, I think that tells you a lot as well, to be able to win those games on the road. And, and uh, they almost pulled one out at Syracuse. But, yeah, like I said, uh, he, had, uh, he, had, he had a solid year last year, but I think 21 was a little bit better. But I don't think it was a huge drop-off. I think the supporting cast, again, if 21 was better, I, I don't think it was you know, appreciably better than last year's. There you go. Tom, listen, Tom Deanhart, editor and writer over at goldandblack.com. And uh, the expanding Big Ten, that should be fun to cover. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm hoping, I'm hoping maybe at some point, yeah, the, uh, well, I'm, uh, yeah, now that's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, uh, if they're going to stop there. Uh, yeah. Stanford's going to find its way in or what's going to happen. But yeah, I think Purdue fans, too, from a Vegas standpoint, I'd love to get out to Las Vegas Bowl here, maybe, maybe this year. Yeah, and there's there's been some talk, too, coming out with Allegiant Stadium suddenly so popular because of the destination area, is that the Big Ten Championship game perhaps could come to <laughs> Las Vegas, which would be crazy to take the big... But although it's not crazy anymore because of who's in the Big Ten now. It's all over the country, so who knows? Maybe you'll have yeah. a chance to, to cover that game there as well. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see that stadium. It looks like a beautiful facility. You guys have such a such a booming area out there. It's, it's a lot of fun for, for fans, our sports fans, especially oh, to be yeah. in that market with the, the golden Knights and, and the Raiders. And I'm not sure where you stand with the Oakland A's, but uh, <laughs> I don't think, think it, it, it's not now. Yeah. I'm not sure any I, baseball is popular in, in Nevada, as you can imagine, because of the weather, you have baseball all year round, uh, but the A's are another story. So we'll see, but getting major league baseball would be, would it be another big thing for the city? Tom Deanhart, editor, writer, goldandblack.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Deanhart one Tom again. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Have a great season. Thank you very much. Enjoy uh, the season, and I appreciate you having me. All right. There you go. Mo, Tom is just such a great guy, so so experienced and and such a, a good look, and really gave us some amazing insight that I had not heard yet. I'm sure it's coming as Aiden O'Connell ascends as far as if he continues to play well. You're going to start to see a lot of feature stories about this young man, uh, no matter if he's a backup or a starter, whatever it is over the course of his career. But, man, you heard a lot of that first here, I think. Right. I have a friend who follows Purdue sports very closely. So I knew I had I knew about the Aiden O'Connell about knew about his brother passing, his brother. unfortunately. Yeah. I knew the story, but I didn't want to tell the story because I wasn't close to the program. I wanted someone who was close to the program to tell the story because I think he, he would be able to add more context to it. And he did. Tom did a great job of painting that picture of what Aiden O'Connell went through last year and also comparing his season from twenty twenty one. 2022 right and and this idea of him having a dad bod yeah uh and all this other stuff you know we've heard stories and i'm not going to go to the tom brady story because the tom brady thing because then you start comparing him to somebody like that that's not what i'm trying to do right. but there are stories every year in the nfl like this of guys who seemingly they're on the radar but on the low end and because of their life experience, because of their perseverance and their talents, they're able to kind of overcome and make something of themselves. We're not, like, like Tom said, we're not crowning Aiden O'Connell after three quarters of football, some amazing NFL quarterback, uh, but an amazing story of a young man who's really overcome a lot and is off to a nice little start. So we could, we'll see again on Saturday if that continues. 
I mean, look at what we went through with Tom Dean Hart, what we talked about. Aiden O'Connell was a walk-on. He dealt with injuries early in his college years. He dealt with uh, a shifting supporting cast, losing his top two wide receivers from 2021, and then having a graduate transfer, a new graduate transfer in 2022, while Charlie Jones, as Tom said, pretty good. You have to get used to having a new wide receiver out there being your lead guy and then dealing with the tragedy with his brother all Mm. while at Purdue. So for him to go through all of that shows the kid is resilient, shows he's mentally tough. Again, neck up qualities matter because in NFL, it's not always about the physical. You have to be able to be a pro, be able to uh, compartmentalize things that are going on in your life and still perform. His brother tragically passes away. He goes out and leads Purdue to Big Big Ten West title over Indiana. So that tells you a lot about who he is and his mental makeup. It does. Amazing. Uh, And uh, crazy what he's accomplished so far as a young guy, only 24 years old. But uh, we'll see. It's going to be exciting to watch how he develops in whatever role it is with the Raiders. Okay, we're going to step aside before we come back for the final segment of Silver and Black today on this edition. And that, of course, is your segment. It's the mailbag segment. So don't go anywhere. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Home stretch here on Silver and Black. Today, it's time to hear from all of you. It's time for the mailbag. Raider Nation is never shy. You ask, we answer. It's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up. Oh, yes, and speak up you always do. We never have to worry about Raider Nation telling us what they think, Mo. That's never a problem around here, is it? Mm, Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they tell me what they think every day on Twitter, either oh, yes, in the mentions, sir. the DMs. And I, you know, oh yeah, if they saw me on the street. They'd probably say, you know, hey Mo, I, I read your column. I, I agree or disagree with this or that. And apparently, as I shared with you yesterday, as we look at the data around our quote-unquote ratings or downloads, uh, we're very popular in New York City. It's crazy. It must be all about Midtown Mo. I'm just saying, I, I'm. It's all I'm females the, from New York too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, it's it's very interesting to see New York City in our top five of yes. uh, cities that download our podcast. So shout out to everyone in New York City who's listening. Yes. If you if you're a family member in New York City, shout out to you, <laughs> friends, people I went to school with, former teachers, professors. Shout out to you for supporting the podcast. I appreciate it. Yes, that basketball coach you have at St. John now. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name again? 
Oh, oh yeah. man, I wish. Oh, yeah. I That's wish. good. Hey, let me tell you, they'll be better. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, by the way, too, I also love that because Raider Nation is so vocal, when I make mistakes, which is all the time, um, they correct me. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes that's where you, in social media, we talk about how what a cesspool it is. But sometimes you make a mistake and people make a mistake and they get angry when people point it out. I actually appreciate it. I'm like, hey, you're right. Yeah, I screwed up. I didn't see Byron Young playing. I went to the stats. He wasn't in the stats. I said, well, he didn't play. And they don't do snap counts during the preseason. Usually the NFL keeps snap counts. So you know how exactly how much somebody played. Uh, and so uh, one of our listeners corrected me. I was like, oh, you're right. I went back and he sent me video. <laughs> it's hard to deny the video. I just missed it for some reason. Because even though you watch a game, and of course, the second, third time I watch the game, of course, you see it there. Anyway, all right, we're going to get on to the mail. And we start off with one of our serial mailers. I don't mean to make that sound like he's a creepy dude because he's not. He's a very cool dude. And um, that is Gary Harkinreader, our, our, our loyal listener. And he, of course, everybody wants to talk about Aiden O'Connell. We just talked with Tom Deanhart, and thanks, thanks to him again for that great segment and getting some more insight there into, into the young man, to the Irish canon. I'm sticking with it. I know people call them super troopers and all that, but that just super sounds Super trooper? Goofy. Yeah, because it looks like the Shout out to Big Corey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> big Corey, exactly. So, um, but anyway... Uh, so Gary always writes, and he was writing about Aiden O'Connell, but he's got a little interesting point. He says, okay, with all the Aiden O'Connell buzz, I thought I'd chip in with this. Brian Hoyer's role is to school O'Connell and Garbers. Gary, you had to mention Garbers. Anyway, the Raiders <laughs> are only going to keep two quarterbacks on the active roster. By the end of training camp, Hoyer retires and becomes a coach with the Raiders. O'Connell's number two, Garbers' is practice squad. Hoyer's retirement opens up a spot, spot which will be filled by defensive linemen. This will f fulfill Dave Ziegler's statement that the Raiders will, quote, come, uh, the new Raiders will come in waves. I see you like to take notes during your show. He's talking to me. So please write this one down so you'll remember where you heard it first. There you go. Gary says Brian Hoyer will retire because Aiden O'Connell is going to do so well. Hey, it's possible, Mo. People in the chat on YouTube on Tuesday were like, settle down. He's not going anywhere. I said, no, no, no. This is about him being the number two, which is an important role when you have Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. Right. It's not about, and I said this on the Silver and Black Blitz, that I want to see Aiden O'Connell play three quarters again against the Rams on Saturday because the only way he's going to be ready to possibly fill in for Jimmy Garoppolo if Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt is that he plays. He has to get those reps. Right. He has to get those snaps because that that's the issue with Trey Lance right now is that he simply hasn't played enough between his last year in college and to now. He's he's played, I believe he started in a handful of games. He had one game in the COVID year in 2020, played two games as a rookie, and you wonder why he looks so raw is because he hasn't had the reps. So Aiden O'Connell getting these valuable reps and snaps is important. No, he's not going to be the starter. That's what they signed Jimmy Garoppolo for. But as I've said a million times, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to miss three to four games at minimum. So your backup quarterback has to be ready to play. And to Gary's point, Gary Harkavita's point, I don't want to see Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is the teacher in that quarterback room. He, Correct. I don't think he's going to see the field. He may, if, if they feel Aiden O'Connell still needs more time to practice or more time to develop. But I doubt Brian Hoyer is going to be QB2 to start the season. I think it'll be Aiden O'Connell, assuming he continues to play pretty well in the preseason now his theory about 
Brian Hoyer retiring and opening up a spot for another defensive lineman is a theory that I've also heard on social media. And I can see it happening because, as I said, Brian Hoyer is turning 30 years old in October. Now, that's not old in, you know, real life years, but in football years, <laughs> 38 years old is it's ancient. So, yeah. I, I I just don't want to see Brian Hoyer on the field. If the Raiders have to go with the backup, go with Aiden O'Connell and let him get his uh let him get his reps because you don't know what he's gonna be. Because as a, Kirk Cousins is a former fourth rounder, Dak Prescott is a former fourth fourth rounder. They're outliers, of course. You don't have many fourth round stars in the league, but we don't know what Aiden O'Connell could be yet. And you you won't know that until he actually plays in real games. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, but Gary, anyway, thank you so much for that. Gary also, by the way, donated some books. He sent me some old Raider books that we're going to donate to Raider Dad so that they can auction them off, yeah. whatever they get for him. So thank you to Gary for that. I have not forwarded them to Josh out in Vegas yet. He sent them to me last year, but I just wanted to let Gary know and, and thank Gary on the air for what he's done there because that's pretty cool. Some really cool stuff. I'll, maybe I'll share them on a show so you guys can see what they are uh, so you can go bid on them when they're up for bidding. Uh, but thank Gary, you again, Gary. Gary, Gary Harker Reed is already in the Hall of Fame of our he's, listeners. He's, he, he is, is a listener Hall of Fame. There's no question. He, he, is, I mean, he is that dude when it comes to one he, of He's artists. on the Mount Rushmore already. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to a quick question for Mo. This is right to you. This Just right to him. It says, Mo. Who do you think is winning so far in the battle for the last outside cornerback position with Hobbs and Marcus Peters? That's from Rich in Sacramento. By the way, you can hear me twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays in Sacramento on ESPN 1320 with D'Lo and KC talking Raiders football. And I'm sure Rich, that's maybe, he says he's a new listener. So that's good. Thanks for being with us, Rich. Mo, the question, outside spot. So, Rich, uh, Marcus Peters and Nahobs did not play in the first preseason game, so everything that all the competition is basically at practice, which we are not at practice. But I will say this, based on the reports, Nate Hobbs is probably going to be the starting slot cornerback. So what it what you're what you're looking at is Marcus Peters on one end on the boundary and Jacorian Bennett, Duke Shelley, David Long Jr. Uh, Brandon Faison, one of those guys are going to be the other outside cornerback. Because while Nate Hobbs did say that he'll line up wherever the Raiders want him to line up, Vic Tafe had a report saying that he does prefer to play in the slot. And I mm -hmm. think if he's battling with Tyler Hall for the slot position, I think experience is going to win out there because we all saw what Nate Hobbs can do in the slot and as a rookie. I think he goes back to that spot where he played well, and they open up a boundary spot, assuming Jacorian Bennett continues to show out this offseason. Or maybe they go with a veteran like Brendan Faison who has experience and played with the Raiders two years ago under Gus Bradley in a different system. But I think you're going to have Marcus Peters and one of those guys. Nate Hobbs will be in the slot simply because it's, it's, I'm hoping it's Ja'Korian Bennett. To be honest yeah. with you, I'm hoping it's yep. Ja'Korian Bennett and Marcus Peters because those are the two guys that are going to go after the football. Because as I've said, the Raiders have struggled in forcing turnovers. Ja'Korian Bennett, from what we've heard from camp, is beginning after the football. And we know Marcus Peters' track history as a ball hawk. Yeah. And, and Vinny talked about it, Mo, during the show. And that was, he believes Ja'Korian Bennett's got the inside track already. It's early, yes, but he really believes that's what's going to happen. I told him we talk, we're, we're the Ja'Korian Bennett PR machine here on Silver and Black today. So if you want to call us homers, you can call us homers for him. But anyway, so he talked about that. And he talked about how deep that room is now with Hall, with those guys back there, the fact that they actually have some good depth now and the fact that you have a rookie coming in who's probably going to start there on that other outside position 
is amazing because then if something happens, if he struggles at times, if he goes down, whatever, because there is attrition in the NFL, then you're going to feel much better. He felt like, you know, six, seven guys deep in that defensive backfield. It hasn't been that way in a long, long time for this Raiders organization. You mentioned depth, and I'll say this on, on a kind of a, a sour note. I'm kind of worried about our guy, Meek Robertson. I don't know if he's going to make the roster with all that competition and depth. I'm not saying I'm doubting him because I it's just a tough room. But it, as you said, there's just there's just a lot of bodies in that room and, and a lot of young guys. And if Jacorian Bennett is showing out early, if he's the starter, it pushes everyone else back one spot on the depth chart and and makes you think: is a, is Amik Robinson going to be the final last 2020 draft pick to get the axe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Can, he can be assigned to the practice squad if they want to keep yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, they can. So, but it's it's a good problem to have, right, Mo? Which is, it, it sucks to say goodbye. I had a fan say this to me the other day on Twitter. It's like, yeah, it's going to be terrible because I like so many of these young guys, but I know they're all not going to make it. That happens every year, right? And so mm-hmm. you're going to see that. And that's a good sign. That means you have good players in there. You're not out signing people off the street at the last minute. You have good depth. So that's a good one. But thank you, Rich and Sacramento, for that uh, question. We appreciate it. We move on to my man, Manny. He is my dude, and I'll tell you why. When you, when you hear the email, Mo, you'll understand. He's, this one's to you again, not to me, though. But he's still my guy. Hey, Mo, give Zemir White a few more weeks before you judge him. He wasn't overly great against the whiners, he calls them the whiners, but I think he has what it takes to be a starter in the league. Shout out to Scott, and thanks for the great shows during the summer from both of you to get us to the season. That's Manny in Los Angeles. Mo has been so down on Zamir White. I want to be clear about my <laughs> analysis on Zamir White's <laughs> preseason performance. All I'm saying is Zamir White wasn't terrible. But he wasn't spectacular either. Correct. He was just okay. He was just okay. I agree. And that's that. not a criticism. I don't think not that's a criticism. And I, I said so. this. I, I said this on Twitter X that when a team has a great performance, I think a lot of people fall into the trap of oh, every everybody was great, everything was great, and it's hard to point at certain areas where guys could be better or things could improve because everyone's caught on. Okay, the overall performance was great, so that means everyone was great. And I'm and I was just saying that Jameer White just. He was while the Raiders were great overall, he was not great. He was just okay. And that's not a bad thing. It's just I want to see more from him. And and I'm not judging him. He had a year last year where he barely touched the field because Josh Jacobs ran wild. But I'm just <laughs> I'm I just haven't seen evidence that he could be that guy you want to give 15 carries to yet. I'm not seeing it, especially at 3.3 yards per carry. I know he had some backups on his offensive line. I understand that. Damian Williams was had the longest run of the, for the Raiders running backs in that preseason game at 14 yards. Zamir White had nine. There's a play that a lot of people are criticizing. I'm not going to crush him for this because it was just one play. But he was one-on-one with J.R. Brown, the rookie safety of the 49ers. Couldn't break the tackle, went down before the goal line. A lot of people saying, well, Josh Jacobs would have scored that. I'm not going to hold Zemir White to the Josh Jacobs standard because Josh Correct. Jacobs is one of the premier running backs in this league. So it's unfair to compare Zemir White to Josh Jacobs. But what I am saying is that if he's the guy that's going to go down off a one-on-one tackle, you might want another finisher in your backfield. You might want to add another running back who maybe is a stronger finisher near the goal line, who may yeah. be a better pass catcher out of the backfield. That's all I'm saying is that Zemir White wasn't bad. He just he wasn't spectacular either. He didn't wow me. 
No. And I think the point you brought up to me when we talked about it in the postgame show, and I agree with you on this one, I just thought he was efficient at times. The first drive was great, but but you're right. You have to be able to get some yards after the care, after the hit, after the tackle um, or contact, excuse me. There, I got it right. Yards after contact, yak. Um, but at the same time, I agree. You need to, for example, against the Rams, I want to see him over four yards a carry on average. Like to me, the breaking point there, it has to be over four. You can't be at 3.8. You can't be at 3.3. You got to be over four. It's just the way it is. If you're going to be a starting running back, and I don't think he will be. I, I have 90% confidence Josh Jacobs will be there week one. But if you want Zamir White to develop into one of those guys, but Mo, it goes back to the system too, though, right? which is we saw what they did in New England. I think they're going to do the same thing here. I don't know that you'll have, once Josh Jacobs goes, whenever that is, if it's next year or the year after, whatever, um, I don't think you'll see a Josh Jacobs in the Raiders organization. I think you'll see the running back by committee. You'll see a guy have a flash for a year or two, and you'll have two or three guys that run the ball. I, people might not like that because they love Josh Jacobs with good reason, but I think that's what we're on the precipice of. I think that's what we're going to see in the future. So two things on the silver and black blitz. I said, Zamir White, I want to see more from him. The Rams gave up 214 yards rushing to the Chargers in the first preseason game. No Aaron mm -hmm. Donald on the field. The Chargers ran up and down the field on the Rams. And as we all know, the Chargers have struggled to run the ball with consistency. So I want to see more than 3.3 yards per carry for Zamir White on Saturday against the Rams. The other thing to your point is, I think we're gonna be we're gonna see a running back by committee this year, whether Josh Jacobs is back or not. Yeah. And if you're if you're looking at Zamir White and to the Zamir White, you know, question, if you're looking at Zamir White as the eventual successor for Josh Jacobs, when or if he eventually moves on, then he he has to be more efficient with his carries because if you're getting twelve to fifteen carries, you should be getting over fifty at at least over fifty yards rushing with that. Yeah. And if yeah. they don't see that from him, as you said earlier in the first segment, they're going to have to draft the running back. Yeah, no, they will have to, and and we'll see. They may, I, depending what happens, in, especially the, I think this is a big week at the running back position. If Zamir White doesn't overly impress again, then you might see them sign somebody off the street too, just a, a veteran that can come in and and you can count on for some carries because you still don't know what's going to happen with Josh. Like, even if they have every indication, and like I said, I believe he'll be there week one. You still need to make alternate plans just in case. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but you're right about that Rams defense without their starters. It should be a nice night to run the football uh, for Zamir White, Abdullah, and um, and the rest of the running back room. So we'll see how it goes uh, when it happens out. Go ahead, Mo. And the other thing is, I, I don't want to pick on, I want to sound like I'm picking on Zamir White because the Raiders, as a team, average 3.4 yards per carry. Mm -hmm. Their running backs, their ball carries as a team. So that includes, you know, Sincere McCormick and, and Damian Williams and Amir Abdullah. Maybe if, if Zamir White isn't overly impressive, maybe we see more Sincere McCormick who scored two touchdowns, one rushing, one, one pass catching against the 49ers. We'll see how it shakes out. But I'm, I'll be interested to see more efficiency against the Rams on the ground and who gets a lion's share of the carries. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we thank you for your question, as always, guys. Uh, that's Manny in Los Angeles. Thanks for the joke there. Of course, we're just chiding Mo a little bit on that one so all good um well that wraps up the mailbag mo we, we had some more there were little repeat we'll get to your questions next week as well uh but we certainly appreciate you guys uh listening to the show and uh coming up mo i know um you are you still doing are you doing your your bleacher report live after the game despite the late hour on the east coast 
Yeah, they have me up uh, burning the midnight oil after the <laughs> Raiders-Rams game. Right after that game, I'm going live around midnight Eastern time. Of course, it'll be like 9 p.m. for the West Coasters. But I'll, I'll be live. But if I am if if I finish early like I did uh, after the first preseason game, I'll hop on with you and maybe Murph if he's still on and just give my thoughts on the aftermath of that game. That sounds good. We, we, we would love to have you, but we also know you're going to be doing that. And yes, it will be a late night. These damn 6 p.m. preseason starts. Come on, Los Angeles. Really? You couldn't do it in the afternoon, 3 o'clock on a Saturday, maybe? But anyway, no respect that's okay. For the East Coast. No respect no, for the East Coast. No. At all. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But uh, what else you got coming up from a writing perspective that people need to look out for here the rest of the week into the weekend? Actually, I'll be covering, well, this has nothing to do with Raiders, but I'll be covering Friday preseason games. I'm sure Raiders fans don't care about that because Raiders don't play on Friday. <laughs> but I, I'll also have a depth chart. I'll have my first depth chart. I know the Athletic released their depth chart this week. I'm going to have a depth chart after the Rams game of who I think is going to make the final 50-man roster. A lot of people have asked me questions about how many quarterbacks we're going to keep, how many offensive linemen, how many defensive backs. I'll answer all those questions with the depth chart that I release. After the game, I'll also have another silver and black blitz, probably, especially if I'm not on the post game with Scott Branson and, and Murph. I'm definitely going to have a silver and black blitz, just giving my thoughts. Not going to be too critical of anyone because people get sensitive about Zemir <laughs> White and people like that. But I'll get I'll definitely give my honest thoughts about what I thought about the game and, and players performances. Nice. There you go. So do that. Um also, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I usually say that early in the show, but if you don't already subscribe, and this is the first time listening or watching up on YouTube, subscribe on the audio side. Even if you don't listen to the audio, just do us the favor of subscribing and putting on our download that helps us with our ratings, our downloads. It's, it's good for us. So please, and we would appreciate that. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscription, hit the notifications bell. That's the most important thing. That way you know when the, the video comes up. And also, we go live after all the games now, too. We had some technical difficulties that are all worked out now. It's preseason, just like Zamir White. We had to get past that four yards of carry. For us, it was just audio <laughs> and some video distribution issues. But but we got there. We'll get there, so it'll be better. So, yeah, join myself and Murph. And if Mo can pop in, he will towards the back end of the show once he's done with Bleacher Report. Make sure you check out Mo's Bleacher Report show as well right after the game to and follow him on Twitter, Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-U-N. I am at LV Gully. Also, we will have uh, the show. If you miss the postgame show because you're out on that Saturday night after the game, you can hear it pretty much in its entirety on Sunday on The Bet in Las Vegas. Of course, that's our radio station in Las Vegas uh, where we have our show every Sunday morning at 5 a.m. Yes, the prime slot we have, 5 a.m. <laughs> That's because all the betting content starts at 6, so you can't do everything's betting after 6 a.m. So... That's where it is, but you can catch us there on the bet. Mo, as always, my man, I appreciate a great show with Tom. Uh, Dean Hart, we'd like to thank him again for coming on. Great to deep dive a little bit on Aiden O'Connell. Absolutely. We got to continue to push the Irish cannon. If you're listening <laughs> to this show, please, if you don't want to call him AOC for political reasons, call him the Irish cannon. Hopefully it sticks. All right. Uh, for our producer, Mike Robier, for my partner, Mo Moten, I am Scott Cobrans, and this has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Take care, everybody.